Hello friends. So the episode that you are about to listen to is mainly a fairly lighthearted, fun episode, lots of laughter, but I did just want to mention that um, with one of the topics that we covered being mental health and um, going to counseling and all of that and working on yourself, um, there were some things that were mentioned um, and when it came to the dating aspect, different experiences that like women may have with feeling that they need to be on guard because of certain things that have happened like just know that those kind of things are mentioned in the episode so if you feel like mental health or different things when it comes to women and men and that kind of stuff like may trigger you please feel free to mark this episode as played or to just Um, come back at a later date or just skip the episode. Like I said, this episode is mainly a lot of laughs, a lot of fun. Um, Isaac did want me to add that he is single and ready to mingle. Um, (laughs) You're welcome, Isaac, for adding that. I'm pretty sure you were joking, but you know, it's okay. Um, But like I said, I just wanted to make sure that I put that out there in case you were listening and were like, hey, I didn't realize this was going to be the brought up as much as it was. Um, We tried to keep it fairly lighthearted, but there were some moments that were a little bit um, on the deeper side. And so I just wanted to put that out there. But um, I hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. And um, let's dive in. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beautiful Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Abigail Gagnon, and today we have a special guest, my friend Isaac, who I've known for the last 10 years, about 10 and a half years, which is crazy. I feel old saying that, Um, but we are going to talk about mental health and dating later in life, and knowing him and I will probably go on lots of tangents, so bear with us. Um, <laughs> but Isaac, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. So um, I currently am I'm an inside sales engineer for a company that sells generators um, to like hospitals and medical facilities. So it's a pretty fun job. In my free time, I like to play lots of volleyball and spend as much time as I can outdoors and camping, all the, all the outdoor stuff. Um, and I also help out with uh, my church youth group, so I'm heavily involved there. And other than that, I just just trying to live the dream. i love it i love it put up with abigail oh gee thanks i have to put up with you too so there um (laughs) so isaac and i met by the way at the camp that i worked at for those listening um and as long as everything works out the week before this episode airs if you guys are all listening in order you guys will be listening to an episode of another camp friend of mine. And I'm hopefully recording with yet another one before the year is over that won't probably be out until 
next year, which is crazy to say. But I just love all the camp fam that I've gotten to have on here so far, which is super fun. Um, And anyways, so about mental health and stuff like that, what would you say are some of like the biggest factors that affect your mental health? Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of hard to say. Um, a lot of times it has to do with, uh, just like just stuff going on, um, in my life, whether it's like just stress at work or, um, just relationships that might have some strain on them. Um, and, and another thing I guess is like, I know a lot of like women deal with this, but men do deal with it too. And that's like body image and stuff like that. Cause today's society puts such a, an awful um, perspective on what you're supposed to look like or whatever. And so you're always trying to uh, compare yourself to all the, the Instagram influencers and everything that uh, have their life together so well. <laughs> Sorry, that was kind of sarcastic, but no, I, I feel you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the big, the big fat. Yeah, I, I think that that's it's really true. Like with social media, social media is such an amazing blessing. Like for so many reasons, I have met so many like amazing people, like through the Marco Polo Ambassador Program, through the ministry, through church being able to keep up in touch with people but it sometimes can be really hard when you like see these people that have seem like their life is put together and so I try to make sure I follow people that show like behind the scenes of how their life is not so put together because it makes me feel better about myself and I think even with the body image part like I sometimes catch myself comparing myself to old versions of me and when it comes to like physical sense and then like when I think about it sometimes like one our body changes as we get older two I was like at my sickest when I was at my skinniest so even though outsiders may have been like oh she's got like it's like she's doing so much or I don't know like she's so healthy I was actually not and so I think sometimes it's so easy to think like just because someone's skinny that means they're healthy or just because they weigh a little more that they're unhealthy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I do the same thing. I, one of the people I follow on um, Instagram, they're kind of like a, an outdoors hiking um, enthusiast, I guess is how you would say it. Um, I was like, I was kind of taken aback at one point because they posted a, a long post about, how basically you're only seeing like the good parts of everything and about how much pressure that they have to try to make everything look like this and that. And then they were going on about how they struggle with mental health um, because of that. And it was just, it was just a really interesting post and it, it really made me, no, I mean, not that I, I know that people's only putting on what they want people to see and like the image they want them to view them as, but it was also like, it made me just see again at like, dang, these are actually like real people and they do struggle with the same stuff that everybody does. So, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, too, um, with that, like, a lot of things are edited, too. Like, they may post a picture that is of a messy room, but they also crop out a lot of the mess. So, like, even though you may look at it and go, oh, that's not that messy, it's like they could have taken a wider picture and just cropped it down so that it looks like there's less mess. Like, you never (laughs) know. And um, I think, too, like, with, like, not fame necessarily, but when you become like more popular on the internet or just in general, like how that can take such a toll. And while you may want that, like there's going to be, there's always going to be downsides and like whatever to whatever life you have. Like, I don't know how much you watch friends. I can't remember. I feel like I should know this, but Matthew Perry died this past weekend. Yeah. And all of the stuff and fame that he had and like if you looked at him like obviously if you know that he was sick and kind of with his weight fluctuate weight fluctuation you could kind of tell and he's been open about it but like if you didn't know much about him and you just watched friends or knew that he was famous and in different movies and shows you may think like oh he's happy all the time he's funny he has this perfect life and in reality he was one of the most miserable people for a lot of his life because he couldn't realize that like he was worth more than just making someone laugh and it just is so sad that he couldn't see that and numbed it with drugs and alcohol and it's just someone's life may look nice and shiny but you never know what's behind that yeah yeah and like what you were saying about how a lot of stuff's edited and taken out um it just reminded me of a a good a good friend of mine we do a lot of hiking and uh we do some photography together and he always um tries to recreate images that he sees on instagram or social media of people who have taken these like super cool nature pictures um and so he always tries to recreate them when in reality, it's kind of impossible to do one because nothing's ever the same, and two, like the stuff's so edited sometimes that you won't be able to recreate it. Plus, like what you you end up spending so much time focusing on instead of being in the moment and enjoying and seeing where you're at in life and everything in that specific moment, because you're trying to recreate something that has already been created. If that makes sense. Sorry, that probably didn't make sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Or even just in general of like trying to prove that you're having a good time with taking all of these photos and whatever. And I'm not saying that's bad. I do it too, but I definitely over the years have scaled back. Like if I were to look at, old photos and like camera rolls that I had between like different time periods, there would be so much more photos. And I've learned as I've gotten older, not that I'm that old, but still, right, that, right. Um, I want to make sure that I'm like in the moment. And so a lot of times, like when we have like big family gatherings, I don't take a lot of photos. Like this summer, I made a point to make sure that I got a picture with each of my siblings that was updated because when I was looking back, I'm like, I don't have a picture with just them 
for years because I haven't like initiated the thought they haven't initiated because we just when we hang out together we're just hanging out together yeah and so I think it's important to remember that while yes capturing those memories is so important um to not get so focused on making sure that everyone knows that you're having a grand time and enjoy that yeah exactly I'm the same way um people all the time ask me if I have pictures of like my brother's and everything and i'm like actually uh i don't think i do and then i have to like go back and try to find like the family pictures that we took a couple years ago and stuff and because yeah every time we're together like you said we're always like just in the moment with each other um yeah it's just i think that's one thing that a lot of people uh they lack sometimes is is just being present so Yeah, I think one thing that's helped me recently is to make sure like if I have certain photos that I want to take like with a particular person or if I want to take a picture of like certain moments, I take like one or two photos at the beginning of the night. If something new happens, I'll maybe snap a photo and then that's it. Like I don't take like just a ton of, of like the similar thing. I just, you know, make sure that I get one and if it doesn't come out exactly how I want, then it didn't come out exactly how I want. And that's okay too. Yeah. Um, because getting so focused on having the perfect life or showing the perfect life definitely can play a big toll on your mental health. For oh, sure. yeah. And as far as men's mental health in general, <clears throat> what are some of the like stigmas of men's mental health that you think are accurate um, and some that you think aren't accurate? Um. Well, I know, like, in, like, our culture and depending on, like, where you are throughout the United States, a lot of times, like, it's, oh, the, you just have to, like, kind of suck it up and not let people see that you're struggling. Um, And I see, I see a lot of, a lot of harm that comes from that. Um, I know, like, in the past, I've done that where I, I just don't really talk to people about what I might be struggling with mentally. Um, But it wasn't until probably two and a half years ago, um, I went through a really, um, just really rough patch in life, probably like the darkest part um, of my life that I've been in, just struggling with some really close friends and the relationships that I had with them. Um, just really drug me down and I tried to just deal with it all myself and definitely just made it worse. Um, and so I, I ended up uh, going to counseling, not only because of that, but just other, other issues that had just kind of been there for a while. Um, but I went to counseling for, a couple months and learned a lot about how to deal with just all like the negative thoughts and issues um, that just naturally pop into your head and how to like combat those thoughts. Um, And, and so through the, through that couple months that I did counseling, um, the person who was counseling me just really taught me how to deal with those thoughts before they take hold and I've, I mean, I've used that ever since, and it's totally turned my whole way of thinking around and just 
really helped pull me out of the, the darkness I was in. And also the main thing was I, I did a whole lot of praying and a whole lot of talking to God, which um, is really what pulled me out of it. But, but yeah, uh, don't, don't be afraid to reach out to close friends, um, seek counseling. Um, but I will say if you do reach out to a close friend, make sure that they are, they're sound and they are, are someone who you actually want to give you advice because you can definitely reach out to the wrong people and get really bad advice. So yeah, that, that'd be uh, my two cents on that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think that we can all have <clears throat> different friends where certain friends may not necessarily know like the deepest part of us because we know that while they're maybe a good friend, we may be able to talk to them about things. They may not give the kind of advice that we know is going to help us. And so it's so important to surround yourself with, even if it's just like three to five people that you can go to and know that no matter what, even if they don't give you advice, that you just know that they're going to be there to listen um, is so important to find those people and to not take advantage, but like make sure that you're not just isolating yourself and utilizing the fact that you have these people in your corner. Cause not like, yes, it's important for them to check up on you. Like a relationship goes both ways, but I think sometimes people may not know you're struggling because you're not reaching out and letting them know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing that I'm very thankful for is, um, I have, I have those friends that like my best friend, Josiah and Elena, I love them so much because I know I can be me around them. I can bring up any topic. I can tell them anything. Um, and they know when to listen and when to, when to talk and when to give advice. And I'm very blessed, um, because of that. And I know there are some people, I mean, even like, like take you, for example, like we don't talk all the time, but I know I can call you and we can just sit there like nothing. We might not even talk for a year and I could call you and we could talk like we talk every single day. And that's one thing I, I love about just those close friendships and just people who you become close to over the years. So, yeah, no, I agree. I think that that's, those are some of my favorite friendships. Like I obviously I have people that I talk to all the time and that I see on a regular basis, but I definitely know like you and I have other friends that I know that even if I hadn't talked to them, like you said, for like a whole year and something was really, I was really struggling. If I messaged them and said, Hey, I know we haven't talked for a little bit. I'd love to catch up. I'm really going through something and I really could use like someone to talk to. And I want to talk to you like that. I know you'd be like, okay, sure. Like this is when I'm available or whatever. And I think it's, it's really important to make sure that you find people that are like that, but that you also maintain those friendships and don't just let them slip away because you're too proud to reach out when you need help. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think pride plays a big part in that as well. Like you have to be able to humble yourself um, to reach out for help and not just think you can deal with it yourself. <clears throat> yeah. Cause I know for me, I tend to be the type of person that's like, I just want to help other people. 
And while I know I have people that will be there, sometimes I'm like, I know they're going through enough already. I don't want to add to that. And I think that it's important, like I said, to surround yourself with multiple people. So maybe you might not reach out to like, say, I knew you were really struggling, really like hardcore. Like I might not reach out to you and cry because I don't want to add to your stress. But I have another friend who, yeah, they struggle with life because, you know, life is hard but they're not in as much of a dark place. So I may unburden myself to them instead. And not to say that I might not tell you or someone else later on. um, But I think sometimes it can be so easy to think, oh, well, everyone's going through a hard time. And so I can't share and find the people that may be going through a hard time, but not quite as much, you know, because they would rather be there for you than find out that, you know, you decided that your life wasn't worth living and you had nobody. So um, I think that that is one thing that I've tried to think about a lot in this last year since losing um, one of my friends to suicide um, was that I know that the people in my life would rather me call at midnight and be woken up than wake up the next morning to a text that I'm not here. So yeah, exactly. And oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say you mentioned that your counselor had given you some really good advice about not letting the negative thoughts um, take over. Is that something that you would be willing to like share with like what specifically you do to help yourself not go down that spiral? Um, Yeah. So honestly, it's going to take a minute to like remember exactly what that was because I've just kind of just kind of become second nature now. Um, but it was kind of funny because like, so she started out by having me write out a list of all the negative thoughts I've, I had that week or whatever. (laughs) And, um, so like when I went back in, um, we were talking about it and she's like, okay, did you make your list? And I was like, yeah. And I mean, I had like four pages of stuff and (laughs) that's (laughs) funny, but really sad at the same Yeah. And she just kind of chuckled and she was like. Oh, I was ex- I wasn't expecting it like that, but okay. And I was like, "Well, you told me I'll just do what you told me to do." Um, but really, it's just finding um, when you when that thought first comes into your head. So say like uh, like the thought that um, like for me it was like I, I wasn't good enough for what the situation and <clears throat> or like I'm an awful person or whatever. Um, it was realizing that that's the thought that came into your head. And then instead of like dwelling on that thought, um, it was just finding a way to get away from it. And so like, for me, it was, I found a song that I really liked. I really went to, um, anytime I started feeling like those thoughts were creeping in. And so anytime that came they started creeping in. I would just try to like put that song on, like distract me from it. Um, <clears throat> and there was an acronym that she gave me and I can't for life me remember what it was. Um, but, but that was like the biggest thing is just like being conscious and knowing like, okay, that thought just creeped in. Don't think about it. Like just push it aside, move on to something else and don't let it take root. Um, and so that's that's like the big thing that, that I did. And now it's almost like 
I don't even think about it anymore. It's just like one comes in and you're just like, nope, I'm not, not doing that today. So, which it, it didn't come easy, but one day it just like clicked with me. And when it clicked, it's just everything changed. So <clears throat> that's really yeah. awesome. Music is such a powerful tool. I love that. Um, I think in light of that, I think just for our listeners, like, I don't think he is talking about stuffing it and never readdressing it. Am I correct? Yes, you're correct. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Because I just wanted to like, because some people may be like, oh, well, I'm doing such a great job. I'm never thinking about my negative thoughts and I'm just pushing it aside. So I think that there's a balance of letting yourself like laying in bed and thinking my life sucks. I'm so horrible. I made this mistake last week. Everyone hates me, blah, blah, blah. And like letting yourself, like you said, like let it take root and dwell on it. And there's a difference with going, this is the negative thought that I have. This is something I did that wasn't okay, but I can move forward and remind myself of things that are positive. Right about myself and are positive about my life yes to and combat that yeah and that's one of those <clears throat> things where it's like uh what so i'll i judge um like high school and sometimes college speech and debate and it's one of those things that i do when i'm judging is i always make sure i have like two positive comments per my one negative one and it's mm-hmm. the same way like I view it, I kind of do the same thing with like my mind and like the, the negative thoughts I have that come in. I try to combat those by like what you're saying, having like more positive thoughts towards those and not just letting that negative one take root. So. Yeah, exactly. And obviously like when you have negative thoughts, sometimes they are rooted in something like you may not like your job and you may be thinking, I hate my job. So maybe like think of things one either that you like about your job or what you can do to change that like apply to other jobs that may be more interesting to you go back to school or whatever it's not necessarily always super simple but finding things that you can be grateful for in correlation with what you're not grateful for or that is negative can really be helpful like that's one thing that I've done in the past where I'll write down different things that I'm struggling with and then I'll try to find one or two positives per negative, but have it be like directly related as close as possible. And then that really helps me to like realize, you know, hey, it's maybe bad, but there's so much also to be grateful for. And so many things that not in a prideful way, but that like I'm good at and that I've done that's good. And even if I made a mistake, that mistake doesn't have to define me. And I'm not a mistake just because I made one. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And besides the, that, um, like exercise, is there any other things that come to mind that you do for your mental health? Um, besides that, just really just trying to, to find the positive in every situation. And especially if you're dealing with other people, knowing that they have things going on in their life that you don't know about. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to be like, Oh, Jim over here is, has just been a grouch all day and it's really dragging me down or whatever. But 
<clears throat> it's so easy to just take stuff out on somebody if they're in the, uh, a bad mood or whatever, but you don't know what's going on in their life. And so many times, even if you just like ask a question to them, like, Hey, like, is everything okay? A lot of times that can just, just help somebody more than you ever know. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing, the, the other thing is just like we've, like we said earlier, was just like having somebody just to, just to talk to, um, I know, especially working with like the youth, um, there's been several times where I've just sat there and listened to what, um, what they had to say about like a hard situation they're going through. And me just sitting there listening is all that they needed. They just needed somebody to just talk it out with um, and just listen to what they had to say. And so just making sure you're not just um, like just bundling everything up inside, just having someone you can go to just to, to release some of that and just talk with. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think too, knowing how you process things is important. Yes. Because obviously there's some people <clears throat> that may be more introverted than you and I are. Right. So talking may not be what helps you. So like writing things down, there are moments where I may be in such a dark place or in like uh, overstimulated space in that moment. So writing things down can really help me. Um, but generally I process things orally. Like if I am either talking out loud slash like praying or talking to someone else and sometimes even like talking to multiple different people, even if they don't all necessarily respond, like on Marco Polo, sometimes I'll like message like three different people, similar things and be like, oh my gosh, I'm going through like this and this and just getting it out really helps. And so I think, like I said, finding what works for you for processing yeah. um, is important. And maybe that tool, those tools can be given to you by a counselor. So like never feel like you need to figure out, out all on your own or with a friend, because while friends can be super helpful, sometimes seeing a counselor and seeing someone that's trained in that and that doesn't necessarily is outside your circle and doesn't know all your friends or your family can really, really be helpful. Yeah. And I know for me, when I went, when I went, I didn't want to go to counseling. Like I was like opposed to it. I was like, that's for people that have hardcore, crazy issues. And I'm like, people's going to think there's something majorly wrong with me if I go to a counselor. Um, and so finally, when I, I was talking to uh, someone from church and they're like, Hey, like, have you ever thought about seeing a counselor? Um, it might be good just to have someone to just talk it out. Who's not in the situation. Um, and they might have those tools that you need. <laughs> and I remember, um, the, I didn't want to go the first time. I'm just like, this is dumb. Everyone's going to think that I'm crazy. There's something wrong with me. And I remember going in, we had the first like hour session and I was so mad because I'm like, well, that didn't do anything for me. That didn't fix my problems. Like we didn't even really talk about what the issue was. Um, and it wasn't until like the second or third time when I was like, oh, like I don't need to like necessarily focus on that one issue. I need to focus on like the root cause of everything. 
And um, that's when things started to change for me. And then it was also so encouraging that when people found out that I was going, they had like the opposite reaction of what I thought. They were all like super encouraging with it. And they were like, that's so great. Like more people should do that. Um, and so it was, it was like the opposite of what I originally thought. I thought people were going to judge me when in reality, they were all like, no, that is like, that's really good that you're doing that. And more people need to do that. No, I love that. And I think too, some of times we get so focused on what other people are going to think of how we cope with something. And well, yes, some coping mechanisms are not healthy. Like I mentioned earlier, like with Matthew Perry, drugs and alcohol obviously are not healthy. But um, when it comes to like counseling or whatever, people may judge you, but that like, they're not, they're judging you isn't necessarily a reflection on you. It's more of a reflection on them and their mindset of therapy. Like you were saying, you thought like that was only for people who have huge major issues. Um, and I think getting to the root of the problem, like you said, is so important. I know for me back in like 2013, 2014, I had several months where I was starting to um, react in certain ways that I wasn't like understanding why I was reacting to certain things, certain ways. And it took like really going back in my mind of like, okay, this makes me feel this way. Like what else in my past made me feel this way? And like, because everything has a cause, like nothing is like necessarily an isolated incident. And so when I realized like the root of certain things and was able to work on healing those things, it then translated into how I am like then and now, because when certain things happen, I can go, oh, that is, I'm triggered because of something that happened five years ago and remind myself that what happened five years ago is not happening now. Um, And so I think getting to the root of the problem is definitely very important. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so I know that you said you were seeing a counselor, but you said you only saw the counselor for a couple of months. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yep. That's just because it got to the point where I, I felt like I wasn't getting any more out of it and that she'd give me the tools that I needed and that those tools were making things better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know some people um, it takes a whole lot longer than that. And some people, it takes less than that. Um, And so it really just depends on the person on how long um, something like that should go. And I mean, me and and, um, her talked about it and she's like, yeah, I think you are like in a very, in like a great place mentally right now. And she's like, yeah, I don't think that you necessarily need to come back to me unless you start having issues again. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I don't yeah. think there's a time frame you can really put on stuff like that. It's 100% situational and depends on the person. So. Yeah, exactly. And also too, like, like you said, going back, if like other things come up, yeah, I think that sometimes people are like, oh, well, I graduated or I'm no longer in counseling. And if they feel like if they have to go back, that they then are backtracking or failing. And as someone who did counseling for years and then went back to counseling for a couple months when I started getting um, really sick back in 2017, 
Um, I know that just going those couple months really helped. And I don't feel like I had to continue to go necessarily because of the fact that I had been given tools for the years that I've been going, been doing well, but then like these, this big stuff was happening in my life and I was struggling to deal with it. And the amount that I went like helped ground me and remind me of certain tools and give me some new ones. And so I think that if anyone's listening has gone to counseling before and stopped going for whatever reason and feel like you have to go back, like if you think that you should go back to counseling, like it's not a bad thing. And maybe you should look into that through different resources, whether it's like better help, talk space, psychology today, where you can find like local ones that are covered by your insurance or even call your insurance and find out because they can help you with that as well. Did you find a counselor like through mutual friends, Isaac, or was it? Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, it was through, uh, someone at church. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they recommended this lady who also attends the church that I go to. Um, and so I, I just shot her an email and she said, yeah, like I'm more than happy to, uh, to do that. So yeah, it was, I just, it was just through uh, mutual friends at church and also some people's workplace gives them free counseling. I know mine does as well. Um, which I think is a really cool, um, a really cool thing that they do. So I did not know that some works did that, but yeah. that is super awesome. Yeah. So we get, we get, I want to say it's one, one free session a month. And it's one of those like online um, ones where you just like meet somebody online. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really cool when I saw that my work did that. So, so yeah, that's yeah. something to definitely check into um, at your workplace. Look at your eyes with policies. So yeah, that's super awesome. And I know that some people listening may be like, oh, online is silly. And personally, I think that it's really great um, when I did it in the fact that you either can video chat with them, you could do a live chat with them, or like throughout the week, I know the better help, at least when I did it years ago, you also have access to like the portal thing where you can like message them throughout the week and then your counselor can respond, not necessarily right away, but they can respond within, you know, an hour or two and just chat a little bit. And then, you know, they may be like, oh, I think you may need to be seen. Like, let's try to move your session up or let's table this. These are some tools and, you know, let me know if more things arise. So I think that there's definitely a benefit to online that people may not think about because I know that a lot of people see counselors in person but I personally really liked being able to do it from home and having the option like some days I didn't feel up to doing a video chat so we would just do like a live chat and talk back and forth which I think was super awesome so with switching gears um into the dating aspect um so um dating in your later 20s early thirties. Um, what are some of the things that you would say about that to start with? It sucks. <laughs> you're, you're so encouraging. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, we, we're real and we're raw here. It yeah. sucks. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you want me to say? I can say a lot of things about that. Um, <clears throat> 
Well, yeah. It, so for me personally, um, I just haven't necessarily found it the easiest. Um, just because, I don't know, I've tried a couple of dating apps. Um, and the, there are just so many crazy people out there on them. And it's for me, it's been hard to find like a solid Christian on them. Um, and yeah, it's just it just seems like it's just that the hookup culture right now that everyone's just just trying to have a good time and not trying to uh, settle down and uh, have a family. But uh, I think. I know like for me personally, it, it's hard because a lot of times the people who's like my age, it's hard to find a place to meet people. That's mm-hmm. not say like the bar or the club or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so you just, just trying to, to find avenues to meet new people. Um, I find challenging. So Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. I know towards the end of when I was dating, I was ready to be like, I'm done. Like if it, if I hadn't met Brian, I probably would not have dated for a while unless I met someone organically because of the fact that even though I met some really nice people online dating, and if anyone happens to listen to this, that I formerly dated from online, (laughs) um, you know, most of you were pretty great and I enjoyed meeting you. Some of you were big you know uh things I won't say but um (laughs) I I think that it can be really discouraging especially not to say that people that aren't Christians don't want to settle down and don't want to you know have family because there are plenty of people that I know don't share our faith that want that but at the same time when you are when you do have faith in Christ and you do you know, want to find someone that also does, it can be super discouraging because it's like, you don't, I think a lot of times, at least in my experience, people would think, oh, you're just a goody two shoes. Yes. And it's like, well, yes, I have different morals. I feel like there's lots of people that I know that aren't Christians that also have similar, you know, morals and boundaries. And so I just think it's like, kind of weird and well yes i know that there are super like conservative christians i feel like putting us in a box and being like oh well you know you're a christian so you must you know be boring when i'm not just so you know and it's just it was it was really hard and i cannot imagine like dating past i think we him and i met when i was we've been together for five years so when I was 24, so like I said, I probably would have been single for a bit unless I had met someone in person if it hadn't been for him because, yeah, it just, it was really hard, especially considering I feel like a lot of times people just wouldn't have the same, even if it wasn't necessarily that your morals didn't line up entirely, different people had different ideas of what online dating was. Like yeah. some of the guys that I dated they want like to me when I was online dating if I was talking to somebody and I would talk to like a bunch of different people and then when I would set up a date with someone I would not necessarily stop talking to everyone else but I would scale back and then like if the date went well and we planned a second date 
then I wouldn't really be talking to the other people. And especially like after like the third date came, like I would just stop talking to other people because I was, you know, considering myself getting to know this person and I don't want to, you know, continuing putting feelers out there when I think this may be going somewhere. Whereas some of the guys that I dated were of the mindset of, I'm going to date you. It's going great. We're going to continue setting up dates, but then I'm also going to be on the other days that I'm not with you going out on dates with other people. And while it's not necessarily cheating entirely, if you haven't had that conversation, I just feel like to me, it just felt weird. It's like, if you're going to be serious and be seeing me like every week or a couple of times a week, why are you still going out with other girls? I don't know. I don't know. I guess other people may find that like normal, but for me, I don't know. I feel like even if there's not fully a label on it, if you're going, if you've been on like more than three dates and you're seeing them at least once a week, I feel like talking to other people is just weird. I don't know. Yes. What is your stance I, on that? I'm the, I'm the exact same way. Um, if I start talking to somebody, I'm like focused on that person. And it's just, it's too exhausting trying to um, deepen a relationship with more than one person at a time in that, mm-hmm. that aspect. Um, the other thing that I've ran into is the older you get, the more you know what you want and what you're looking for, which is great. Um, but for me, like, you know, I'm a weird person and <laughs> <laughs> I'm awkward and it takes a little bit to get to know me. And it's, it's hard for me. Um, like, I feel like I'm not, I, I'm not necessarily always given the chance to be myself. Cause yeah, that first date is always going to be weird. And, um, and so it's, that's been my experience is like, I feel like I've not, I'm not always given the chance to, to show who I really am. Cause like, I, I don't always open up the first time I meet somebody or, mm-hmm. or along those lines. So that's, that's yeah. the struggle that I've ran into lately. I can, I can see that for you. <laughs> I would say for me, it wasn't so much that because as you know, I'm the type of person that's just like, no, really? <laughs> <laughs> Never would have guessed. <laughs> Never would have guessed. I mean, that's why I have a podcast. So people just have to listen to me. No, I'm kidding. Um, you just but, like listening to yourself. You're so rude. <laughs> Anyways. You know I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel the love. But um, what was I saying? You made me lose my train of I'm thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, no. But I felt like sometimes when I would open up because I'm just the type of person, the person, the other person may not reciprocate in the same way or... When it comes to, and anyone listening, I am not judging you whatsoever. So please do not take it that way. Everyone has their personal convictions and preferences and whatever. But I personally, partly because of different abuse that I had from men and partly just because of personal convictions, I wanted to take the physical stuff slow. And so sometimes when I would like start sharing all this stuff, they would just assume like because I was comfortable with them enough to share these things that I would be okay with doing certain things that I wasn't and then some guys would be like oh well that was like false advertising and like you made it seem like you were like this like outgoing person and like that you were vulnerable and whatever and I'm like 
yeah, but that's totally different for me. Like, I don't know. Some people I feel like may think that the physical is easier to like just do. And then the vulnerable stuff like about like who you are as a person takes a while to get to know. So maybe it was confusing because I was more vulnerable with who I am that they're like, oh, well, she must be so comfortable. I don't know. It just was confusing sometimes, I think, to people unintentionally. And also just frustrating because people wouldn't realize that like I was serious because they would think like, oh, she's opening up. And so I don't know. Yeah. It, it definitely I know, like, obviously, it probably would be different with you. Um, but like, do you have obviously you're not as like I know you said you're more awkward and I know you're more awkward. But like, did you do you have any like similar things when it comes to people expecting certain things to happen and them not happening um i not really um yeah i don't think i've necessarily ran into that but i the the thing i guess in some ways it's more just like the communication of like ex- expecting to schedule a second date right away or mm-hmm. or talk this way or that way. Um, I, I guess I did find that, but that just came down to like they expected more or less communication, which is also confusing because you try to, you don't want to over communicate, but you don't want to under communicate. And it's such a fine line. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. one way you come off super desperate to some people. Yeah. In other ways, you come off as too standoffish and you're not interested. Yeah. 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 No, I completely get that. I feel like that's slightly different when it comes like from a, well, I don't want to sound like sexist or anything, but I'm just saying like in my experience, normally the guy was the one that initiated like setting up a second date or setting up a third date. And so for me, I didn't feel like I had that pressure, but sometimes I did have to make sure that I didn't come across too strong when I was letting them know, like, if I did have a good time that I wanted to have a second date, like not come off like super needy or like desperate or clingy or whatever, Yeah. but wanted them to like know that I had a good time. So they didn't leave thinking, did she have a good time? Would she want to go out? Cause maybe they on their end were thinking, I don't want to ask her on a second date. Cause I don't know how she felt and I don't want to come across weird. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, I don't know. That was how, where I personally struggled. But then again, like I said, it's, it's not, I don't want to sound like sexist, like girls can't set up a date because girls can totally set up dates if they want. But in my experience, it normally was the, the guy that did it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess one of the other things that I've ran into is like, <laughs> and this, yeah, I don't mean to sound sexist with this either, but like sometimes I feel like if I approach a girl, they think it's like weird that I'm approaching them, but then like if I don't, I like don't even stand a chance, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what do you want? <laughs> No, exactly. I think sometimes girls, at least when I was dating to a point, didn't think about the fact that when guys make the first move, like if it was intimidating for me sometimes to make the first move as a girl, to like put myself out there, like the expectation that the guy always has to be the one to do it. I feel like some guys, yes, may not be nervous and like be fine with it. But then I think that it's 
it's good to note for anyone else out there that's single that sometimes the guy is uncomfortable too. And also not to be entirely rude. Like sometimes, yes, there were creepy yeah. guys that would ask me and I had to like be very firm. So they like knew that they needed to stay away from me. Otherwise, you know, I'd pepper spray them, but yeah, you would. Uh, <laughs> I totally would. But I think that sometimes when there's guys that are not creepy, like not just assume that the guy's being creepy because he's talking to you. Because I think sometimes that can be like something that <clears throat> girls may think, or at least we can be on guard because of being a woman. And also, you know, a lot of us have experienced creepy guys or um, sexual assault or whatever. And so right, we right. may be on guard. And I feel like, yes, being on guard is important, but also try to realize that not every guy that comes up to you and wants to talk is trying to be creepy. I don't know if that made any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just makes me think of, I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day because um, she got a flat tire on the freeway and um, she said there were several guys that stopped and asked her if she needed help, but she was like afraid to have them help me and kids had other intentions and which is annoying because like me naturally I would I'd want to stop to help somebody if I could you know what I mean mm -hmm. but I don't want to come across as a creep or weird like oh there's a girl alongside the road I'm gonna stop and try to uh help her out to impress her or whatever you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like it's it's that's not how it always is and it it kind of made me sad that like that's what that's how she had to think was she had to be on guard because you just never know you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so it was it just it made me sad it made me frustrated because it's like it makes people who do have good intentions leery to act on those good intentions you know what i mean Mm hmm. Yeah, no, it also ruins lots of like cool meet cute moments in person that now cannot happen as organically because people are too afraid of like you said coming off creepy, or us girls on guard being afraid that the guy is being creepy and has ill intentions. Yeah. And it's definitely, it's definitely hard to figure all of that out. But as far as like online dating, yeah, what other like what apps have you used and like what other ways do you feel like you put yourself out there for dating? Um, I mean, just besides, so like I said, I play a lot of volleyball. Um, and so, um, I always do things along those lines, like putting myself out there, meeting new people while I'm playing, um, trying to make connections that way. Um, different things through church, which, It'd be really nice to meet somebody at church, but my church doesn't necessarily have the most uh, quantity of single people my age. Um, mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, one thing with me is, especially like when it comes to church, I feel like sometimes the people my age, the churches that they tend to gravitate towards sometimes aren't necessarily the most like biblically sound ones. Um, and so it, it, for like me personally, just like they're more like the, the hip upbeat ones and I'm more of a chill person. So that's just a preference on my part. That's not like a diss on anybody. So yeah, I know, but that's just, that's where I try to reach out to people is mostly just like 
volleyball, church. Um, and then I've kind of stepped away from the online dating for a little bit just because it sometimes it, I mean, it just kind of started to take a toll on me and just make me want to lose all hope in humanity. So, yeah, just try like to like, re- refocus. So, yeah, I was, I was ready to not be on there. I mean, I didn't even meet Brian on a dating app, but I kind of sort of met him online, even though it wasn't fully, but anyways, um, but yeah, I think that that's one thing that I think a lot of people nowadays don't necessarily do is get involved in things like sports or clubs or leagues or whatever. And I think that that's one way that's really good to put yourself out there, like paint nights or a bowling league or a crochet class or whatever. Like there's so many different things that I think people don't take the opportunity to do because they think like it's weird or they won't meet anyone or they don't know anyone. And, but those can be like some of the best ways to meet people because of the fact that you have a common interest. Like if you think about it, like going into it, yeah, you might not know these people, you might not know much about them, but you know that they all love something that you love or something that you're interested in as well. So you can bond by that. Can, can I tell you a really funny story? So, um, speaking of like meeting new people in ways that you with like the same interests and everything. So me and my best friend, we were down in North Carolina, uh, last month doing some hiking and (laughs) we get up to the summit of one of the mountains and there was like, I don't know, it was me and him. And then there was like three girls. One was. Uh, there were two in a group and then a one by herself. And so me and my best friend were up there um, talking and we had a little snack and everything. And as we were getting ready to leave, we wanted a picture. So I walked up to the one girl and I was like, Hey, like, would you mind taking our picture real quick? And she was like, sure. And me being me dumb and awkward. I was, this was legit a curious question, but I was like, Hey, um, like what kind of hiking socks are those that you're wearing? Cause I'm, I was trying to find a new pair cause mine were worn wearing out. And I know like people, some hikers are like super like picky about what socks they wear. Right. This is sounding really weird. I apologize, but <laughs> it's funny in the end. So, so she, she's like, Oh, I honestly, I don't know. I was like, okay, that's cool. I wasn't going to like push it. Cause that's, it was a weird question in the first place. So as I was walking by the other two girls, one of them's like, oh, I wear this brand. And I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, she was talking about the socks. I was like, oh. So then I started chatting with her for a minute. And I tell you what, I didn't, I did not continue the conversation like I should have. And my bro was not a good wingman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming this was Josiah. It, yeah, it was. Oh, oh, you know, Josiah. Yeah. Yeah, how dare he? Yeah, and I was like, Josiah, if Elena was here, she would have been all over that for me. I'm like, you need to step up your game. I'm like, but yeah, so (laughs) I I chatted with his girl for a minute. And as they're walking away, I'm like, dang it, I should have like tried to continue the conversation. I'm like, would that have been weird? I don't know. But like, she like voluntarily started talking to me. And because a lot of times when you get to the summit of a mountain, there's like two kinds of people. One, the people who talk to you like your best friends, and two, people who's like, I'm here to enjoy nature, 
leave me alone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so as we're climbing down, I'm just like, well, shoot, I should have shot my shot up there and like ask her like her name or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, I did not. And I regretted it probably top five, one of my top five biggest regrets. Um, But yeah, it was funny because Josiah was giving me a hard time. I, uh, (laughs) I was telling one of my, one of my sales reps at work and he's been, he was giving me a hard time and he legit, he called me the next or a couple days after I told him that. And he's like, Hey, I was on this like hiking forum and this girl like said she met like this really cute guy top of the mountain was asking her about her socks and just started going on. And I'm just like, oh man, that was, it was really funny. It was funny. <laughs> so yeah, if, uh, if there was any girls out there listening who were, uh, who was hiking, um, grandfather mountain, um, oh my God, it's snowing. <laughs> on, so uh, on nine fifteen. At about 2 p.m. and had some random dude talking about socks. Yep, that was me. So <laughs> I was, if you hadn't done that, I was literally going to say, okay, now we need to advertise out <laughs> here what happened. <laughs> uh, uh, probably about 5'7, 140 pounds, brown hair, brown eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. But no, I love it because I'm the type of person that would ask that question. Like if I thought of it and I have plenty of friends, one of them (laughs) being Rachel, who is not that type of person. And she will like say things to me sometimes and be like, Oh, I wonder, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, I'll go up to them. I'll ask this question. And she'll be like, no, 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 that's embarrassing. And I'm like, first of all, most likely you're never going to see these people again. So if they think you're weird, like it's a funny story for them about this weird person and ask them a question. Like, I don't know, Um, (laughs) but I love it. That's a fantastic story. But I think that, like I said, I think some people sometimes don't take advantage of doing certain things like that because they think, oh, they're going to think I'm weird or joining a club or something because they don't know anybody. And like I said, you have a common interest, even if nothing else becomes of it, like you have a friend that you can talk to about whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, And actually I'm on a couple like, Facebook groups that mm-hmm. are like outdoors singleish groups um which is which is nice because it's not all about like the singleness part it's about like hey I'm going on a hike here has anybody done this do they have any suggestions stuff like that so you can find common ground really easy that way mm-hmm. um so yeah there's there's lots of avenues it's just taking that avenue and um, finding how success looks like in those avenues, I guess. Mm-hmm. And not being afraid to put yourself out there for fear of rejection. Like, I think obviously don't seek me out like that, Abigail. Come <laughs> on. No, I man. just mean like in general, you didn't let me finish my thought, man. No, <laughs> I'm just saying like, yes, there's, there's a balance. Like, yes, yes. put yourself out yeah. there. And if you continue to get rejected, then maybe um, not to say that you need self-reflection because you're a horrible person, but like maybe you need to take some time away and, you know, work on yourself so that that doesn't affect you maybe the same way or take some time for you so that you're not burning yourself out, but then don't be afraid to then put yourself out there again, because just because it didn't work one time doesn't mean it's not going to work again. Yeah. And I don't know, in, in some ways I feel like, 
like guys take rejection harder than women do sometimes. Um, at least for me personally, I know I take it pretty hard sometimes, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's always that bounce back that's that gives me the trouble. So yeah, well, that also like it like plays into the men's mental health thing that yeah. I think some people don't think about or other men may feel like they're alone because they struggle with that. And I think it's, it's so ridiculous in my opinion that like the stereotypical thing of like, Oh, men don't, you know, can't be emotional and all of this stuff. Honestly, at like camp, for example, when we would do staff worship and I would see like guys like sharing like their testimony or different things going on in their life or like a prayer request and then crying. That was some of my favorite moments and like just made me like the people more. And I think that sometimes like even just woman too, but like we get so afraid of being vulnerable because people are going to judge us. And yeah, there probably are going to be people that judge us, but those aren't our people. And those people need to work on themselves because that's just mean. But I think, like I said, with men, I think sometimes it can be like, oh, well, women are going to think I'm weak. No one wants a weak man. But to me, I think that takes strength to be vulnerable. Yeah. And like I said, that was some of my favorite moments was seeing that because I'm like, this is like such a great place because we can be comfortable enough with each other to be ourselves, even if we don't know every single person like super well. Yeah. It's funny you bring up staff worship. Um, I was just thinking about that the other day about just how how special that time was. I was at like a a conference for an evening the other day, and they had a worship time, and it was probably the closest thing that I've had to staff worship, like the atmosphere and just the feel of it, like since I've been at camp. And I was just like, oh man, the memories came back. And the emotions. And yes, I did tear up a little bit. No, I I wish that you that we could visit during staff worship. Just like visit on a Thursday night, be visitors, yeah. have our visitor badges and whatever, and just be a part of it. Because having that and then being able to visit with everyone afterwards for a little bit, like visit with the counselors. Because as kitchen staff, like I didn't get to visit with a lot of you very much. Yeah. Because you guys were busy and when you were free, I wasn't free. And so it was so nice to be able to have that time to get to know some of the other people. Yeah. Plus, like, I know I got kicked out of the whole kitchen area because of the whole Maynard Oranges incident. (laughs) So I know I was a little different, but. (laughs) I cannot believe that I, Mm. well, I mean, I can believe that that happened, but I just. Yeah, that whole mm. that whole thing. What a memory. <laughs> core memory right there. Core memory. I know. That and you forgetting my name at the edge of the first summer. Yeah, let's not talk about that one. Oh, if we're going to talk about forgetting people, <laughs> let me tell you a story about Abigail. <laughs> no, we're not going to go there. Okay. I'm just saying, the people <laughs> listening are probably so confused. As I'm to sorry. Mandarin, You're right. Mandarin oranges. Like, what on earth? Anyways, like I told you guys at the beginning, we're going to probably go on tangents. But, okay, back on topic. Sorry. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> Dating. <laughs> what would you say are, like, besides the things we've already talked about, what would you say your number one, like, tips for men 
for dating um like in their late 20s early 30s or just in general like what are some of your tips i know you haven't dated like a ton but like what are your some of your dating tips yeah the last time i've been like dating dating like actually dating someone was like i don't know a year and a half ago um but but share your wisdom yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um well like we said like being vulnerable and um asking questions um i know that's one thing that's hurt me in the past is that i thought i was being respectful by not diving into certain topics and asking questions about certain topics um because i knew how much it affected um like the like the person i was dating at the time i didn't realize how much it if i mean it it caused him to have like that topic caused him to have like nightmares and stuff like that. And so I like was trying to be respectful and not ask questions, even though I was wanting to ask questions about it. And then looking back and finding out that like they wanted me to ask questions and that it was coming across as I didn't care because I wasn't diving into that with them. Um, was kind of a bummer to me because I was like, man, I was trying to be respectful and trying to take their feelings into consideration when in reality, they wanted the opposite. They wanted me to actually dive into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so not being afraid to ask questions, not being afraid to put yourself out there because that's the only way you're going to find somebody is by putting yourself out there. If you just sit at home all day or don't really try you're probably not going to find anybody and i've caught myself in that before just like oh well someone's just going to magically appear you know what i mean um and just being confident i know it's confidence is a hard thing and i struggle with it a lot but just trying to be confident and yeah putting yourself out there i guess so yeah no i think as someone who has different mental health struggles and different like things that happen because of like CPSD and different things. I think that when somebody or like my husband or just a friend or whatever asks about it, but asks about it with also like adding, like if you don't want to talk about it, like that's okay. But I want you to know that I want to be here for you and I would love to hear more or, you know, whatever, like phrase it in a way that, shows them that you care but also gives them the space to realize they don't have to share like as much they can share as much as they want or they can share as little as they want because I think that that makes me want to open up more when people approach it that way versus when they just come across as like being nosy or like judgy or whatever and I know obviously everyone may not come at it that way but it's how you perceive it to a degree but Like I said, I think that if you phrase it in a way that you let them know that you're there whenever they're willing to share or you're there now and you'll listen, but you don't want to push them. Like, I think that that can be really helpful and um, allow them to want to open up um, sometimes even more than they may have otherwise. Yeah, no, I would agree. And um, as far as like balancing work and I know you said you're not actively like 
dating um like on social media like on uh apps or whatever but like when it comes to like being social and social media and work and like putting yourself out there how would you say like what are some of your like biggest tips for like balancing all of that um so i'm lucky that with like with my job i can when i clock out i can be done and not really think about it or not like come home and do more work, which I know a lot of people, they can do that. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where trying to like leave work at work and then be able to have a life outside of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then just taking the opportunities that do come up where you do have the opportunity to say, meet new people or try new things. Cause a lot of times trying new things is a good way of, of getting out there. Cause you're looking at different avenues as well. Um, mm -hmm. My niece all the time, bless her heart. She's 14. I love her to death. Um, <laughs> but uh, she's all the time trying to get me to do new stuff, which I really appreciate. Um, but but yeah, it's it finding that like work life balance, I think is a is a key part to it because um if you are so focused on work and can't get your mind and everything off of that, you're gonna have a hard time when you are with other people and making time for other activities. Um mm -hmm. and so I think that's a big thing is just making sure that you can separate your work from your personal life. So. Mm -hmm. No, I think that that's, that's really good advice. And when I know that <clears throat> men don't do as much self care normally as women, but like when it comes to like decompressing after work, I know that your work is a little bit easier to like leave it at work, but what are some of the ways that like you decompress or yeah. do self care yeah. or however you want to so, learn it? Yeah. So I, Honestly, volleyball is like my outlet. Um, that's why I play so much is it's a place where I can get frustration out that I have, say, from work. Um, and <clears throat> I can be active, be physically active, which also helps your mental health a lot. Um, and another way that I decompress is I get out and I get into nature um that's just a special connection that i have um i know some people it's not their thing but i i'll take my vacations i take is a lot of times like away from people um it's where i don't have cell reception i can disconnect from the world and i can just focus on just like recharging myself and just not having to worry about being on my phone, being on social media, seeing what everyone else is doing. I can just have time with me and time with God. And it's just, that's how I recharge and refocus is by getting away from everything in nature. So that's why I love the mountains. That's what I love about New Hampshire and camp because you have the beach um, on good old Lake Winnie right there the mountains in the background and it just kind of takes a little piece of your heart you know 
yeah, well, you know, you should come up and visit this way because I'm on water and I have a mountain across from my house that I'm looking at right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I need to make it up to see you. I know. You can finally meet Brian and we can have game nights and just be goofy and silly and it will be great. Yeah. <laughs> but and like, but what? No, but like I was saying, just like finding finding the outlet that will make that will let you decompress and get that frustration out. And like I said, for me, that's volleyball because you, you get to be close to the people on your team. So you're building friendships and you're also being active and you can be a little bit aggressive and get that frustration out. So. I love it. Is there anything else with all the things that we've covered covered that you would like to add? Um, not not off the top of my head um just if i could just like encourage people to be themselves and not try to change for other people um or or change who they are just because they think that's what will make people like them better like if you can't be yourself around somebody like is it really worth investing time into them um that's one thing I, I love about my close friends is I can just be my stupid self and say whatever, not have to worry about what they think um, because I'm just a goofy ding dong. I don't know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I so yeah, just be yourself and, and don't let, don't let other people and their opinions bring you down. Um, just focus on you and and just just be the best you that you can be. I love it. That was That's so cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It goes along with the name of the podcast and with the fact that like at the end of the episode, I always tell my listeners that you are loved and you are worth <clears throat> it and you are priceless. So that's perfect um and as far as social media where can people find you yeah you guys can hit me up on facebook instagram my instagram is little.mish17 and my facebook is just my name um and yeah other than that i i i'm not on snapchat that much um except with some close friends so yeah facebook and instagram that's where it's at that's awesome so and what nothing i was just gonna make a, a stupid little comment but go ahead and say what you were gonna say <laughs> now i kind of want to know what the comment was gonna be but anyways um with the podcast being called beautiful legacy i like to ask all the guests what kind of legacy do you want to leave and why um, so I would, I really want to leave a legacy to everybody that I know, um, that just like I was saying, be yourself and laugh, just like laughter. Like I just, I'd love making people laugh. And I, I was talking to my mom the other day and I was like, mom, if I, I ever kick the bucket early, like don't like I, I legit want just like a half hour of an open mic where people can just get up and just tell stupid stories about stuff I've done 
just to make people laugh. I um, love that. I thought, and, yeah. yeah, I've told people that that's kind of what I want at my funeral. I just want like a big party. And I don't want people wearing black. Like, I just want it to be a fun time. Anyways, yeah. Continue. But yeah, and just just uh, a legacy of people knowing that I cared and that I care about people very deeply. I care a, more than about people more than they, they truly know. Um, and so, yeah, just just that and just just how much God has done for me and can do for you. So, um, yeah. I, awesome. I I guess that's it. I feel like that's kind of lame sounding. No, I think that's awesome. Like you make me laugh so hard. I cry half the time. So I love it. Um, and how would you say besides bringing people to tears laughing, are you making this happen? Um, so like I said, I'm involved in my, in like the youth group at church and just being able to pour into those kids and make sure that they have a strong foundation while they're going, you ready to go off to college and just being rooted and just knowing that they have somebody who will listen to what they have to say and cares and that they know they can talk to at any point and call me or text me and know that I'll pick up and I'll be there for them. Um, and, and yeah, the, I, I think that's one of the, that's one of the biggest ways that I'm trying to do that right now, just by pouring back in to the younger generation, because they need as much help as they can, because the world keeps getting darker and darker. And so they need as much light as they can, um, as they're growing and maturing and moving on. So I love it. And as you and I both know, we could sit here and talk for hours and lose track of time. But because this is a podcast episode, um, I think that that about sums it all up. Um, was there any last things that you thought of in the last couple of minutes that you wanted to add before we end the episode? No, not that I can think of. I, I think we pretty much covered it. So I appreciate you letting me come on and be my goofy, dumb self and try to be <laughs> mature and responsible so <laughs> no i i love it i appreciate you giving me some of your time and i'm sure our listeners yeah. will enjoy it and to the listeners as always you are loved you are worth it you are priceless and i will talk to you all later mm-hmm.